Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, hello. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'd like to dedicate this episode to all of the teachers out there who are doing the good work. Thank you for all you do. Shout out to the teachers in my life, my mom, both my grandmas, my friend Amanda, hey, who I know listens to this podcast, and who I've had the privilege of teaching young artists with over the years. And of course, my love Cassie, who teaches sixth grade. Speaking of exciting news, there's one question I get the most when I talk with listeners, and that's, when is Cassie coming on? Well, the answer is, today! Yes, today, my fiancé, fiancé, I always feel like I want to add the extra E when I say that, you know, because a female identifying person is a fiancé, fiancé. Anyway, she is coming on the show today, so stay tuned after for your kindness tip of the week, because she is going to bring that to you and help us close out this awesome episode. Cassie is also the one who put today's guest on my radar. We have the hilarious teacher-turned-comedian, Joe Mr. D. Dombrowski. Joe broke the internet in 2017 with a fake spelling test that he gave his 6th grade class as an April Fool's prank. If you haven't seen the video, pause this and go check it out. Since being launched into the spotlight with over 20 million views, Joe has been featured on shows such as The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Pickler and Ben, GMA, and BuzzFeed, just to name a few. However, his viral video was no mistake. Joe has been performing and writing comedy professionally since 2010, which is when he got his start in his hometown of Detroit, Michigan. He's now on tour and even has his own podcast called Social Studies. Among many other things, Joe and I discuss his career both in teaching and in comedy, how laughter is truly the best medicine, and explore the question, can kindness be taught? Without further ado, please welcome the joyful Joe Dombrowski.
Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? Sorry, did I just shout in your ear? No, you're good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I am so excited to talk to you today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I love doing interviews, actually. People are always like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I love talking. Please just listen to me now. Oh, it's true. It's it's painfully true. <laughs> well, I started a podcast. So listen, I think we're in the same boat. But I love to listening to you talk. And I think you're so funny and awesome. Are you still on tour right now? I guess, first of all, I am. Yes. So I, um, I had the past two weeks off, which was the first time since um, about May. So I've been touring like three on one off. So I had two weeks off just now. And then uh, Thursday I leave for Nashville and then I'm on for 10 days. Cool. And then a little break and then back on for a week and then I'm done until about March, which is like, what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> have you encountered, I guess, since this is the Art of Kindness podcast, have you encountered any cities that have been kinder and more welcoming so far? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like 1 million percent. Um, threw me for a loop. So I don't have a very strong Southern audience. I'm from the Midwest and now I live in Seattle, the Pacific Northwest. So the South is not my demographic. And I knew that going in and I had a lot of shows in like Florida, the Carolinas, Alabama. So pleasant, pleasant, pleasant surprise. Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a huge audience. I, I was very worried that I wasn't going to be able to sell out the show um, because the room was just so big. Sold it out. And they were standing on their feet when I walked out. Wow. For me, ready to go. And they, we, I was just vibing with these Charlotte folk. And like <laughs> we, were, we were just spitballing. I got a standing ovation at the end of that show as well. And I just like, I felt so much love from them that I left and immediately called my agents. And I was like, I will be back in Charlotte every single year. <laughs> like, they were just every great. Week. They were incredible. Oh, that's amazing. That's so yeah. great to hear. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte, for your Southern hospitality. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Do you miss teaching though when you're out on the road? Have you been oh, getting the yes. pain to go back? Yes. I don't know about the pain to go back, but do I miss it? Yes. Yeah, no. so here's the thing. Do you teach? I don't, but I have so okay. much respect for teachers because well, I have a bunch of my family. My fiance is a teacher, which is how I got introduced to you because okay. she's obsessed. Oh. You're her idol. She texted me this morning and after already pretty much barraging me with questions and, and things about you, she texted me this morning and she was like, tell Joe I love him and invite him to our wedding. Oh, and I love you too. I love you too. Have a great day. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to relay the message. But uh, I'm so glad because she's shown me all your videos. And, you know, on a serious note, during the pandemic, you really brought her so much joy because we oh, all know man. it was like a hellfire teaching during the pandemic with remote learning. So you were such a bright spot for her and her co-teachers. And I know so many throughout the world, probably. Well, so. that means a lot. Please make sure to tell her I said thank you. I really appreciate that. I now, will. What, do I miss it? Now, this is a loaded question. So I was a stand-up comedian for my third grade talent show when I was a third grader. Okay. So, so stand-up comedy has always been on the vision board, right? And now to actually bring that dream to fruition uh, in real life, in real time, is like uh, I, every day I wake up and I'm like, am I dreaming? Like I'm I, I, I'm not the comic who takes it for granted. I walk onto stage and I'm like, I'm in this city where I have no connection. I know nobody in this city. I'm doing five sold out shows to complete strangers who just are paying money to come see me. Mm. Like that is a gift. Like I cannot 
even, I never thought this would be my life. And this would have never been my life if I didn't make the choice to leave teaching. But um, teaching was my vessel. When I was doing stand-up before it was huge, it was good, it was great, it was living in Detroit. But um, what really flipped the switch is the day that I went on stage and just started talking about what happened in the classroom that day. Mm. So teaching kind of brought me to this point of comedy and, and those are my people and this is my niche. Now, I love it, it's exhausting, it's fantastic, but it is not the same as working with those kids. I mean, when I would go into kindergarten every day, just the funny things they say and the way they are and watching their little minds work and and having to be so in like you have to be creative as a comedian right but you yeah. have to be even more creative as a kindergarten teacher because they'll eat you alive if you're not ready like if you're yeah. not down to clown <laughs> with them in the exact second then you lose them and that sort of creativity on the teacher aspect i do miss and i i will never not miss the kids yeah. So yeah, I definitely do miss it. Oh, well, I'm sure that, I mean, I think you're wearing a Second City sweatshirt right now. I'm yeah, sure that yeah. improv training came yep. in handy in the classroom, right? Oh. Like, they're not always it, yes ending. It is, it is the same thing. Like, I swear to God, like, my training in comedy made me a better teacher and vice versa. Mm. Like, kindergartners are worse hecklers than a comedy club audience will ever be. Which oh, yeah. made me better in the clubs, you know? And then being a teacher is just improv comedy. Like, if yeah. you can't, you die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a great job of it. And obviously, you're so hilarious. But I don't want to keep complimenting you because I was listening to an interview with you the other day where you're like, I hate the compliment sandwich and you're not a fan <laughs> of it. But I would like to know because I have a lot of comics who are friends and we have a few more comedians coming on here in the coming weeks. And I just know it's infamously you guys get this rep for not being able to like take compliments in a serious way. Is it yeah. hard for you to accept that stuff without kind of laughing it off? I mean, I think it's hard for everybody, comic or not. I think I'm a little bit of a different, like in the realm of comedy, I'm a little bit different. I'm always so like humbled by it. You know, like I know a lot of comedians like can't take the compliment or don't know what to do or act weird when it comes in. But like, it just like strikes me. Like if somebody on the street, like when I see people on the street and they stop and they're like, oh my God, like I'm a teacher or, or just a fan and like your comedy, like, just like you said, like your wife, like just gets me through that, like takes me back. And I'm like, yeah. what you're doing is affecting other people in like positive ways. So I always think about the fact that laughter is the best medicine. I truly, I stand by it. Like in my darkest of times, it's like being able to laugh that like helped me overcome. And mm. I provide that to people. That's my job. And to see that I affect people in such a way that they want to tell me how much they loved it. Like, I'm always so grateful. Like, thank you so much. That means so much to me. I really appreciate it. I, I couldn't do it without it. Cause I know <laughs> you as a comic, you are nothing without your fans. I didn't get me to this point. My fans did. If I didn't have my fans, I wouldn't have gotten here mm -hmm. and I'm like forever grateful. So I don't think that I'm like weird with it. No, that's great. The I compliment think... sandwich, though, the compliment sandwich, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I am not a fan of, like, feedback when you have to give feedback and you're yeah. like, good thing, thing you need to work on, good thing. Just, like, tell me what I need to work on so I can mm. just immediately get better. Like, that's the thing that drives me nuts. 
Yeah, I think that that can, you know, ultimately be a waste of time, most likely. Right. <laughs> but your comedy is full body. I mean, when I tell you it's rare that I'm cry laughing or crapping, I don't know what it's called, but when I, we watch your videos, the tears are coming and the laughter. It's like a full body thing. So I just uh. think that's such a rare quality. And for me, kindness and laughing, it's under the same umbrella in a way yes. of love, if you will. I would love to know what is your definition of kindness? I think kindness is just, I think it's a cross between like self-love and then like recognizing when that's needed in somebody else or something else or some animal or community or something, you know? Yeah. But I, I really don't believe that you can fully be like a kind person until you like have like self-love first because it just... Uh, when you're confident and comfortable and okay with like who you are and where you're at in life, you're able to like bring others to feel um, the happiness that it feels when you feel that about yourself. Hmm. Then I have a roundabout answer. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Think, you, yeah. you can't get from an empty cup. And I also think sometimes if you're not fully actualized or whatever the term is, your kindness towards others can be a little bit with different intentions, I guess. Because maybe yeah. you're being kind to others, hoping they'll be kind to you, and then that'll satisfy you and make you feel better about whatever. Not that yeah. I have experience with that, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's very true. I kind of like to start back at the beginning. So with little Joe, do any acts of kindness stand out from your childhood that you feel like changed your life or got you to where you are now? I mean, I know there's so many. Yeah, I mean, there was when So I went to, you know, a school that wasn't really cutting it for me. They weren't really like, understanding my creativity because I was like the extroverts extrovert but I wasn't really a class clown like it was always like definitely out for the laughs like definitely trying to make people smile but I think that my creativity and extrovertedness was taken for granted for a while and then my parents switched schools and put me in a different school in third grade and my third grade teacher just really used who I was to her advantage and to my advantage. And she just allowed me to express my creativity through learning. Like she would let me act out the books that we were reading and do mm. like a skit on the, the chapter or whatever it was. She was letting me, you know, experiment with art and clay and um, speech and speaking. I, I remember we did, we read The Trumpeter Swan in third grade and I made stop motion animation on a VHS. Oh, damn. Mind you. That takes a lot of time. But she saw that I was connecting to this and like this, I, I was connecting to like media and, and being creative in a media way. And instead of like shunning it and putting it away, she was like, this kid is a dreamer, is a big thinker, like let's allow it to happen. And I think the kindness of allowing a person to be who they are really uh stuck with me growing up and I never really started to embody that until I started thinking about that in college and started working with kids and remembering how she made me feel and then seeing kids in my own classroom and just like accepting them for where they're at and allowing them to use that to grow really kind of like shaped who I am in terms of like kindness and growth wow that's so special yeah it's pretty incredible and I, I still talk to her to this day which is crazy oh hey I know. Hey, hey, teach. I think that's amazing, <laughs> especially now yeah. as a teacher. You know, I, I hear from 
the teachers in my life. You guys have so much going on. And I know at least all of mine, they have the best intentions of, of doing that. Just to be able to balance everything and also make sure you're not getting overwhelmed and bringing your own stuff to the classroom and just letting these little kids, you know, fly. I think that's really amazing. I think a lot of times in teaching too, like it, don't get me wrong, like it is a hard job. Like it is so um, like taken for granted and there, there's yeah. just so much that piles up on you as a teacher that a lot of times teachers forget to have fun and they forget to just like enjoy that like youthful spirit that's like in the classroom all around you. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes when, when it stops, you know, like when, when, when teachers allow it to bog them down so much that they, they don't take like 30 minutes to do like just pure play and like enjoy what's happening. Yeah. Like that's when you're not able to do it anymore. So I always encourage others too, to just like, love the moment like being a teacher is a gift you know yeah and now the fact that you're doing this on such a big platform i think it's really just hitting me now how cool that is because in my mind it's always the teachers the doctors these should be the celebrities that we're worshiping i mean you know i'm an actor actors are great and artists are amazing but it's kind of like hey teachers are doing the real work out there so the fact that you're rising to fame now as a comic and a teacher is just a whole new animal i think and that, that's really cool yeah, I just wanted to say you. that because I love to talk. So. Well, I feel too that um, it's unique, right? Like there's, yeah. no, there's not really a teacher doing what I'm doing and I'm never going to leave that teacher's side of it. Like I'm always going to have the teacher's backs. Like no matter how big I get, no matter how much I veer away from the classroom, like I'm always going to be doing things to build up education. And I feel uh, right now when I was, yeah. you know, like last year I'm working in the classroom. I have 30 kids in front of me. I'm able to affect 30 kids in their lives. Okay. But when I go out and do these shows, I'm doing like 300, 500, 1500 seat places full of people, teachers and non. And I feel like those teachers are going back into their classrooms and their shoulders are dropped a little bit. And I'm like giving them permission to just like be like, you're okay. Like you got yeah. this. Like this job is so hard, but like if we can like laugh about it, like we can push forward. And I feel like those people go step out of the, out of the theater and into the real world like ready to be better because you just like laughed and accepted it, you know? So yeah. I do feel like what I'm doing now actually has a bigger effect than when I was in the classroom. Yeah, no, I think that's incredible. Can you hear that? Someone's flushing the toilet, my neighbor. Shh. Where are you uh, at? Are you in New York? I'm in an apartment. I'm like 45 minutes outside the city. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Connecticut. So I can see <laughs> trees, which is nice, but I can also hear people flushing their toilet. There you no, go. <laughs> that's really incredible too. And I'm sure there's parents in the audience that you're reminding subconsciously to be kind to the teachers, even though we all want to put our kids first and so forth. I love your teaching philosophy, which you just touched on, which is that if people are laughing, they're learning because they'll remember something when it's funny. And I had that same philosophy when I was a student, although I'm sure my teachers didn't appreciate that. But how, how did you <laughs> handle the class clowns that, you know, were trying to upstage you, I guess? Easily, because it was me. So yeah. it's like it. It was me uh, as a little kid again. So I would just sit and think about like, what would I have done yeah. as the kid? And, and the key to that situation is to always be one step ahead of them. So I would often like use that energy and be like, oh my God, this is great. Fake laugh at it. Be like, this is so funny. Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity for you to do something like later, but we have to get through this first. And they'll be like, what is it? They'll be like, oh, I'm, you are going to love it. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> Just you wait. Like, it's so special. I think you're the only one in the class who would be able to do this. But we have, we have like 10 more minutes of this book that we got to get through. So like, just 
chill out for just a second. Like we're gonna do this fun thing. And they're like, what the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like so excited for it, but like using that energy and then like coming back and being like, okay, like we read this book now. Can you like act out the characters for us? And just like give them a moment to, to shine, to be funny, to be center stage, because clearly that's what they were seeking. You know, mm. it's always flipping the script and using it to your advantage. I think the biggest thing is teachers forget to use the student's strengths to the teacher's advantage. Mm. When, when you can see who they are and you can see what they're good at and you can say, well, if you do this one thing, but like in math, you'll probably understand the math better or in reading or in social studies. And like, that is like the creative aspect of teaching that I've always enjoyed the most. Mm, that's so smart. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not smart, it's tactful. It's I'm tactful. not smart. I am, you're, you're talking to a C student, baby. <laughs> I just, this is what I did. Hey. I faked it till I made it and baby, I made it. <laughs> Look at that. And listen, grades don't define you. You're smart. I think you're smart. <laughs> Thank you. I am the ruler. No, but I, I do think that's really cool because a lot of people, I know me, you can fall into that pitfall of you laugh at the kids and that can egg them on. So I think having mm. that little flip at the end, I'm going to, I'm going to tell Cassie about that. It's uh, a good one. That's a great one. So we all, we all saw your hilarious yeah. April Sorry, Fool's Day prank. While we're on the... Oh, can you refill <laughs> my cup? Let me get my mug. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. What does your mug say, by the way? I feel like I keep trying to oh, read I, I feel like you're going to love it, actually. Oh, then I, please read. So there's a backstory to it. There was this teacher that I work with. Her name is Sue Ellen Mentag. She was, we were very close, and she's just a bundle of joy, one of the best first grade teachers I've ever worked with. And she had these cups with these quotes on it. And I would always joke and make fun of her because this <laughs> says advice from a mountain. I don't know if you ever heard these. It'll say like advice from a mountain, advice from a waterfall, advice from a Yeah, frog. there's like a TikTok trend making fun of that. Oh, okay. Well, she would drink out of these mugs and stuff and I would make her wrap the quote. <laughs> and then this one I did for years and I would make her wrap it. And then when I left the school, she wrapped this up and gave it to me as a going away present. But I can actually say it without even reading it. And I'll say it in the rap. It goes, reach for new heights, stand the test of time. There's beauty as far as the eye can see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's advice from a mountain as a rap. Yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think that's really <laughs> cool. You made her rap and then she wrapped it for and you. Then she wrapped it. And then oh. I was like, I think you're a Schuler sister. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, what are your favorite lessons that you've ever done? If you could just give us one, because I think teachers are making such amazing lessons all the time and they're not yeah. necessarily shouting them out. You know, people don't necessarily give them glory for it. See, that's the difference. See, this is the difference. People say that too. They always say like, oh my God, I bet you're the best one in the school or I bet like everybody loves you. But the difference is I'm the one who shows you what I'm doing. But there are so many teachers in the building who like aren't putting it online or are not talking about it. So yeah. like, they're way better than me. So like, I'm, I am like, on the upper end of, of, of medium good compared <laughs> to some of these other teachers. I think that one of the best things that I ever did in the classroom, it's all about like making it real. Like you gotta like, just like flip the script or whatever. Hmm. We were learning about like the body and the skeleton, the muscle system, and like how it all works together. And hmm. instead of just, teaching them about it I reached out to it's a CrossFit gym in the area it was Detroit CrossFit and I was like hey can you come in and do a kitty CrossFit thing for my kids in the classroom and oh. they were like actually how about you come to us 
and they actually paid for the buses and everything too. And we were in the CrossFit gym and they put together Kitty CrossFit and every single CrossFit event worked on a different muscle system. So they had to like climb the rope and like work on their arms and shoulders. They had to tell like the instructor, like what those muscles do, like, is it push or pull? Like, it was just like really, wow. Yeah. And then like, we went back into the classroom and then they would, I'd be like, okay, what about like your abs or whatever? And they'd like, show me move. I'm like, what do they do? Like, they're like, strengthen your back. (laughs) It was crazy. It was like, when you make, when you make learning real, Mm. that's when, that's when it sinks in. Yeah. And I mean, I thought my song that I learned was great when I was growing up. That was the head bones connected. Well, there's no head bone, but that song, the femurs connect. (laughs) I clearly don't even remember it. So they should have taken me to CrossFit. Oh, good. (laughs) That's amazing. You mentioned this before a little bit, but do you feel like maybe subconsciously you're like slipping little lessons into your stand up? Oh, subconsciously, it is conscious. Like, yeah, for yeah, sure. Because I feel like there's so many talents out there that, you know, they're talented and creative, but you have such kind of a distinct through line. Like you said, you're always going to value the teachers and education. And I feel like yeah. a lot of people's careers, they don't necessarily know where they're going, which works out, you know, sometimes. But I also think that's rare that you have this. It's built on something so pure and necessary. Yes, there's probably about three major tones in my show, which... I'll leave it to the audience to come see it to see if they can figure it out. Yeah. The overarching message is that just teaching is hard and ass backwards, right? <laughs> so my goal is to make everybody laugh, but my real goal is to make the non-teachers laugh. So people who come see my show who are non-teachers or like somebody's husband or wife who's not a teacher, like I really want to make them laugh because my goal for them is to leave the show and I want them to turn, get in their car and they're laughing and they're quoting the show and they turn to their person and they say, that was so funny. And then they think about it. They're like, wow, that was really actually messed up. And then they say, is that really what it's like in the classroom? We have to do better for our teachers. And the reason that I say I'm targeting the non-teachers is because sadly in this country, the people who make decisions for education are not teachers. They're people Mm -hmm. who have never been in the classroom before. So if I can get through to those people and use comedy as my vessel, that's how we're actually gonna make change here. So I'm just using my skills to very strategically get into a demographic of people who will hopefully think differently and make change. Well, thank you for that, because it's so important now more than ever. You know, during this pandemic, I've been writing letters to the school board, especially when you're personally affected and have a teacher in your life. It, It just personalizes the whole thing for you. So I think you're doing that on a huge level because there is so much that needs to be done teachers weren't even given priority for the vaccine which was kind of crazy but anyway true as you're teaching and in your lessons do you think empathy is something that can be taught i have a little bit of mixed feelings first of all i do think that it's something that some people are just naturally empathetic people through nurture not through nature because i've seen a lot of a lot of kids through my 11 years in teaching and some of their family units are not as uh, strong as others, right? So the yeah. families that take time to invest in their children and really make sure that they're a well-rounded individual, those kids can be very empathetic. But I have seen, I, I, there's a kid coming to mind right now who was just in a very diabolical family unit, but at the same time was like my little teddy bear, like heart of gold, always wanted to please everybody, was always 
nice, kind, considerate, respectful, helpful. And that's just because of who he was as a person, mm. right? So I think I can use who he came in as and build on the skills that he already had, but that's because that's who he was. But sometimes you're not always gifted that type of individual, but I don't think uh, that creating an empathetic person is out of the question. Mm. Well, I guess, what are some of the ways you can build on that? Is it a case-to-case -case situation? I think I really think it's it's the way you are to that person, right? Like as a teacher, like you're the role model mm. and it's important for them to view you as like a functioning member of society, right? And when they see like how you act, not only with them, but how you act with the others, they'll understand it. Now, this is the part too, where I want everyone to understand, like I am not a pushover in the classroom at all. Like people sometimes see my videos and like, they'll think that I am all about fun and all about, you know, play. And that's true. But the side that you don't see is I'm very tight with my kids, pretty strict. Mm -hmm. And it's because that is another way to show my kids respect. Like they know, like kids thrive off of routine. So I lay that groundwork down and you're not getting out of the confinement of like what we have to get done, right? But that's a way to show them that I care about them. And even though they can't put words to that, you know, eventually mm -hmm. they'll begin to understand that I'm creating an environment where you can feel safe because you feel safe when there's a strong routine, you know? Yeah. Um, so sometimes some of those lessons that I'm building in, they might not pick up until years later, but they will. And it's yeah. all about role modeling, role modeling, role modeling. And even if I have to deal with like a different student over here, the students watching are seeing how I'm handling it. You know, so it, they're building on their empathy in that aspect as well. Mm. This is one of the reasons why you're an awesome teacher, even though you might deflect that compliment. I think you said your principal is so understanding of you sharing everything and, and doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's because he understands where you're coming from? I've had a couple principals who did and a couple principals who didn't, but the ones who did, I, yes, I believe that they, they also had empathy for me. They understood that I was doing something for a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think then that when they would let me thrive in that space, like it was because, um, because they, they were aligned with the process, but it's a, it's what I do is not orthodox you know yeah. so, uh, so. well most great things aren't when they start you know yeah, that's what i'm harking it back to limo miranda you know hamilton nobody was putting rap into historical musicals on broadway you know so. what nothing regular makes it you've mm -hmm. got like you got my my whole the my whole way of being is i always look at what everybody else is doing and i do the opposite mm. done that's what i do even in comedy like i don't compare my i, I always say if you dare to compare you'll wind up in despair Right. Like if you look at what other people are doing and you compare yourself to it, like you're just going to flounder. So I look at, you know, even when I was in the classroom, I look at what other teachers are doing. I'd be like, that's cute for you. I love that. But like, I'm going to do it like this because like, I want to like push the walls a little bit. Like we're teaching mm. organically. And even in comedy, like so many people would tell me, oh, you can't be a teacher and be a comedian. You can't be a teacher and be a comedian. And I was like, watch me. <laughs> watch me do it like tell me when and that that was a personality trait from when i was a little kid like you tell me mm. you, you can't do something i'm like okay well now we're absolutely yeah, like, thank it. you for that motivation here i yeah. go so so taking comedy to the next level as a teacher was always and then people were like oh you're just going to be a teacher comedian you know yeah well guess what i'm gonna i am gonna be a teacher comedian and that's yeah. okay and i'm gonna do it really well 
Yeah. So D did you have parents too? Were you getting parent emails ever? Those are frustrating for me. Not that my fiance shares them, but you know, when I hear that she has to deal with parents, you just know these teachers can't answer back or say anything. They're treating you like you so work for them. That's where I, that's where Detroit comes out. Okay. Because like I'm, my whole thing, and I still agree with this, like people, teachers are people too. Mm -hmm. And I do not get paid enough as a teacher to deal with that sort of baloney. I will say this too. The overwhelming majority of parent interactions that I've had throughout my career were positive. But Good. yeah, there were bad seeds and, and they, the bad ones were bad. <laughs> but my other quote that I say all the time is sugarcoating never gives you anything but cavities. Mm. So if you give in to that behavior with a parent, they're going to take advantage of you right back. And if, if, you, if you have something to say about their child and you like make it light to appease the parent, to keep the peace, nothing good's going to come from that. So like, if you're going to come at me this strong and try to bully me, oh, it's going to get, you're going to know real quick that you're not walking in Mr. D's classroom <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, ma'am. No, not going to happen. Whenever a parent would send me a nasty email because these keyboard warriors, baby, they like to type. Oh, yeah. Right. They'll say it all. I won't even respond back sometimes. I'll just call them and be like, hey, I read your email. Just I see that there's some concerns here. When you call them and you mm. get them on the phone after they have just been so nasty to you, they're like, oh, I'm so oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for calling. And I can't <laughs> believe that. Oh, really? That's funny. Cause now I got you. Uh -huh. Or I'll or they'll send me a nasty email and I'll see them at parent parent pick and be like, you know what? I have 10 minutes. Why don't you come out in the classroom? Invite them in. Like, come on, big dog. You want to roll? Yeah. And that's how you shut that down. And that's that's bringing the kindness back, actually. Yeah. It's a little hard and abrasive, but I'm being kind enough to say, oh, you got a concern? Well, let's actually talk about it rather than do it that way. Yeah. Because that's not happening to me. Well, kindness is 360. I think kindness is honesty and not beating around the bush, like you're saying. Oh, I so agree. I so, so agree. Yeah. And, and when you're coming from the right place and you have a good intention, you know, no matter what your execution is, if someone's throwing fire at you, you, like you said, you can't just appease them. So I think a lot of teachers are afraid to do that and hearing this will probably help them because I know everybody's so afraid, especially to put stuff in writing. One of my favorite comedians, she always says, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. <laughs> oh, who is that? Heather McMahon. Oh yeah, she's they hilarious. Yeah, so funny, so funny, I love her. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I would love to know one of the things that we were thinking about when I was talking about this with Cass was. The world of stand-up can be so rough, you know, with hecklers 
and just not even getting laughs. I feel like silence might even be a little bit more deadly than someone heckling you at times. And like you mentioned, being a teacher was probably great training for that in a weird way and great practice. But even so, how are you handling that on, on tour? I hope you're not coming across it too much. No, my hecklers are generally uh, well-intended. Typically they're, they're gonna heckle me because they like wanna be involved or they're so excited to finally see me that they're just like screaming the entire time. Um, my way to handle it is I kind of like use the same classroom tactics that I would use on the heckler because they kind of like get a little bit embarrassed, but it's still funny and lighthearted, but they know I'm doing it. So that's typically like I'll say like, I'll be like, what's your name? And they'll be like, Jennifer. And I'm like, okay, Jennifer, <laughs> raise your hand next time you want to talk. And then like it's shut down. Yeah. But there are times when it's like not exactly nice. And the truth of the fact is, as a performer, whatever energy you're getting, you need to give back to. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if a heckler's like doing something to intentionally embarrass me, well, baby, I got the mic. So mm -hmm. like, and I got, I got the mic, I got a quick brain and I'm from Detroit. So <laughs> <laughs> like try uh -oh. it, yeah. right? like, try it. And you know, that's where, that's where sometimes, you know, the lines get a little bit blurred because you have to handle it. Yeah. Mm -hmm handle a heckler it will only get worse mm -hmm. oh, or you can use the other teaching tactic and depending on what they're acting like if you ignore it a couple times sometimes it'll stop but after like the third or fourth time if it's not stopping as a as the leader of the room you have to get it done or else you're ruining the experience for everybody else mm. and isn't that the same as the classroom right yeah you know it's the same exact thing you have one student you can ignore 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 it but if you do not correct it it's going to become a problem and it's going to become a problem for not only them but everybody else so you have to so yeah. i mean like comedy and teaching it is it's the same thing it is like 100 the same thing yeah i teach young artists too even looking at the performance mode you know it is totally an energy thing even if you're doing a, a narrative show if you see someone texting in the front row if you send that energy towards them with your monologue or your song or whatever it is, it's going to make them look up and kind of feel, oh, I need to get back on track with the audience. Because it is an exchange of love, you know, the audience. It's such a vibe. And I'm sure that high is kind of what feeds you in, in a oh way. Oh, my God. Oh, listen, when you said it's the high, like, I'm not kidding you. I've never, like, been a drug addict. And I'm not trying to say that, like, I'm not trying to undermine what that experience is like. But comedy is drugs. 100 like when you get when you get that roar of laughter because of something that your brain wrote that you immediately want more of it i leave the stage and i'll go back and i'll like watch my stuff and listen to it and be like i'm ready like let's do it again let's do it tomorrow it is like the most addicting thing that i've ever had in my entire life comedy like yeah. oh i'm so addicted it's crazy are you, are you feeling dangerous about it at all because i have a friend who she's coming on next week who left lisa lampanelli i don't know if you know her <gasps> but stop she, it yeah are you she, serious she's on with you she's coming on next week yeah will you please dear god <laughs> okay, okay leave a message for her and i'll, I'll play it lisa literally i love you i'll never forget I, my i grew up in a big comedy family and you know you know choices i'm literally in like middle school and high school watching lisa lampanelli with my parents <laughs> you would walk out in your little dress i'm thinking you're gonna be one thing and when you flip the script lisa when you flip the script baby i was so here for it and i do the same exact thing in my comedy people think i'm gonna come out there and be this wholesome cute 
little gay teacher. And then I open my mouth and I'm like, I'm going to hit you with facts. It's just, I'm inspired by your writing. And I just, I love, I love who, I love who you are. I love you. Oh, we love you, Lisa. And she's such an amazing person. And she's talked about how that high was something she had to step away from because she was almost relying on it. So I, I just always am curious about that because we all get that as performers, right? Oh God, I can't wait to listen to that episode. Oh, I will send it to you. Please do. Please She's do. the best. Do you have certain ways of coming down from that or balancing that, I guess? I mean, I'm sure I just... Full-blown addict. I, I have no ways of coming <laughs> down from it. Literally, I'll literally go from doing a show and I'll just be like, so, 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 up, 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 that I can't get off of it. And even even when I'm, I'll be like so exhausted and I'll get on a plane the next day and I'll have a show that night and I'll be like, I'm so tired. I hate this. And then like five o'clock will roll around. I'll be like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, I need help. For well, sure. You're not the only one because sleep deprivation yeah. is such a pandemic within like the arts community, especially yeah. when they're on the rise. Everybody's going, going, or you're filming on set for like 14 hours or whatever. You sleep for like an hour. That's why you hear about people getting in car crashes and all this crazy stuff. But once you're going, it doesn't even matter because you just it's, feel so good. It's un, it's unbelievable what like sleep deprivation can do some of my best jokes i've written on planes when i just like couldn't sleep and was like on a red eye and so tired it's Mm. like crazy brains are crazy brains are crazy oh yeah i actually have a whole notebook filled with what my girlfriend cassie says uh, or fiance says in the middle of the night or does like i was just reading them to her last night and we were cracking up because it's Uh, similar to you know what what you do when it's like just so true and pure and i know it's crazy i oh my god i you need to turn that into a coffee table book. Well, let me read it to you right now. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay, so I love seeing, this might be super dumb, but I love seeing your Wild Games Kids Invented video the other week. Yeah. And so I wanted to play a little game with you. Yeah. It's not wild. And honestly, it might be extremely corny, but I'm corny and you probably already realized that. So whatever. The game is called The Act of Kindness. Okay. And so I'm going to name a position in schools and you tell me off the top of your head how you think somebody on the outside like a coworker, a parent a student can be kinder to that person done yes okay let's do it okay cool first up pretend there's music playing <laughs> principles principles don't get enough time with kids okay and then most of them are former teachers but then they you know you needed to make a little extra coin so they became <laughs> the principal right yes. number one thing that i hear from principals is that they miss having time with kids. So something nice that you can do for the principal is have your kid give them whatever kind of gift you're giving them for maybe like the holiday or whatever, uh, end of school or whatever. And if you can have the child go present it to them rather than you putting it in their mailbox or you writing them a letter, giving them that little, that kid interaction will most likely make their day. Even in the littlest, hello and goodbye. Yeah, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I remember when the principal used to do the parade around from classroom to classroom, they would stop in for five minutes and they'd be like, stand up straight. I went to a Catholic school, so it was super intense. Same. But, oh, okay. So you understand the vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the nuns are like, put the right belt on. I'm like, I'm sorry, uh-huh. my belt is brown, not black. But yeah, no, I think that's great advice because people can be, you just get so afraid to be around the principal. But it's, it's true. They started in this hopefully to connect with kids. All right, number two, the school secretary. Oh, no, she is the eyes and the ears. She is, okay, you know that quote in My Big Fat Creek Wedding where they say, like, the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck? Oh, yeah. 
because she can move the head any way she wants to, right? The secretary is the neck of the school, 100%. So she has access to everything that you need access to. So it's not about what you can specifically do to be nice to the secretary. It's that you always have to be nice to the secretary. Every interaction needs to be positive. Every phone call needs to be non-bitchy. Every request (laughs) needs to be lighthearted. Because if you are kind to that person, the secretary, they have the ability to move mountains for you when you need it. So keep that in your back pocket because you will have a big ask that you need from that secretary one day, whether it's you need to get a meeting with the principal or you need access to some paperwork or whatever it is, you will have to ask them for something. So treating them with kindness consistently will pay off big in the long run. That's great advice. You know, if you're like me in sixth grade when you were always nice to the secretary and then you pretended to go to the bathroom during math class and ran up to the office and said that the teacher was gonna let you make an announcement and then you got to use the loudspeaker because the secretary trusted you, then it comes in handy. Yep. But don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, or do that. <laughs> or do, all I said, I was like, hi. Right. And then everyone right. just started laughing. Okay. The cafeteria staff. Oh, they got a hard job. That is so overwhelming because it's very busy. It's very chaotic. There's lack of structure. Something that you can do to help the cafeteria staff, and this is teacher, parent, administrator, whatever it is, you can offer up your assistance in there. One extra body in the cafeteria will make the world of difference because they're usually painfully understaffed and having one extra adult in that room to kind of like keep the peace will just make everybody's job a little easier and keep the room just a little bit more calm which will make a huge difference so offering your assistance in there with them great a great that's beautiful wow chef's kiss next up guidance counselors first of all these are the people in the building who wear their heart on their sleeve These are the people who are picking up everybody's baggage. So they have their own baggage, right? But they are taking on the heaviest of heavy that's happening in the school from other teachers to the kids. And when it's the kids, it's very like painful to hear those sad situations they can be in. Okay, so these people, first of all, they need a drink. (laughs) So give them a bottle of wine when it comes to the holidays or whatever they're celebrating. Make sure that you're not forgetting them especially if this is a person who has a relationship with your child or a relationship with people in your classroom, making sure not to forget them when it's time to say thank you is very, very important. And trust me, these are the people that just a gentle passing in the hall and stop, like you you see Catherine, right? You're walking in the hall, rather than just saying like, hi, just taking two seconds to be like, Catherine, I just wanted to say, last week what you did with Janelle in my class just the way you interacted with her was so meaningful. And I can tell that she's just at more peace and more comfortable in her space. And I just wanted to say thank you because you've really created a culture in this building that's allowing every single student to feel safe here. And I appreciate everything that you're doing and, it, and, and I see it. Those interactions to the counselors will be the world of difference because they are very emotional people. And mm-hmm. those sorts of recognition will just continue to energize their, their spirit. So. That is my advice there. Wow, that can be applied across the board no matter what your job is. Sure can, sure can. Give people your time, even a small amount of time. Oh, two minutes, not even, one minute. Because how many times has somebody come up to you or have you done this to someone where you've said, oh, what you said to me just really stuck with me and I really appreciate it. And then you have no idea what you said or they have no idea depending on the circumstance. It's just a quick thing and then it it makes people's day. So I love that. Important, important. Important, all right, three more. Librarians. 
Oh, the bookworms of the school, right? Yes. Very easy. Present them with a new book. Bring, bring one. Bring one to add to the library because these people love, they love nothing more than like labeling a nice, fresh, crisp book, putting the mm-hmm. Dewey Decimal System on there and getting it on the shelves. Presenting them with a new book will make them very happy. Or you can offer to um, read to the class too. Oh, that's magical. They love having volunteers because reading is what? Fundamental. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Custodians. <sighs> Buy them a bag of wood chips because they're probably out of it. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't know. One of some of my best friends are the custodians too. There's a very funny comedian from uh, uh, your area, actually, oh. who is a janitor. A custodian and uh, and a comedian, which is very funny. They are often underappreciated as well, and their job is very taxing and very difficult, and often overlooked. So again, yeah. I would say like the thank yous, maybe a little coffee in the morning if you can spare it. You know, yeah. keep, keep them fueled. Especially now, they've become COVID cleanup compliance officers in addition yeah. to their regular duties, which is Un- it's unbelievable. Yeah. I love that. Okay, the last but not least, of course, teachers. What can you do for your teachers? There's so much. Why am I stumped on this one? Besides the apple. I would say, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this from the administrator's standpoint, right? And teachers can be scared of the administrator when they come in. So I think to, a way to be kind and respect the teacher is for administrators to be very mindful of evaluations and when they're coming in to their teachers. Now, as the administrator, you have to do unannounced observations on all your staff, right? Mm -hmm. But being mindful of when you do that. I heard from teachers yesterday who had unannounced observations the day after Halloween. That's not kind, okay? Mm, Like that's, that's setting you up for a disaster. I've heard from teachers who four kids brand new to the school went into their classroom last week and the teacher's just now coming in for an unannounced observation. That's not kind. Give them a little bit more time there. You know, you can be flexible. Mm. There's always an opportunity to be flexible, especially when it comes to observation, because teachers are genuinely rules followers, and they want those observations to be picture perfect. So be kind to your teachers by being mindful of when, um, when you're conducting those. Yes, you nailed that game. Bada boom, baby. Boom! That was awesome. You win everything. Like you just yes. you win. There you I'll go. Take my car. Thank You're you. a winner. Here comes your car. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was amazing. And I usually like to end these interviews by asking for just a general tangible kindness tip that listeners can take away. But I feel like you just gave us, you know, how many. Oh, I'll just say it. I always, I've heard this when I was in high school and I've never stopped it. Just a smile. Put a smile on that face, a smile and yes. a nod to stranger, anybody, doesn't matter who it is. Hello, hey, what up? Just a little that. Yeah. Makes the world a difference. Yeah, I, I hope it really hits home with people because so many people are saying that just smiling at somebody or stopping to ask, you know, how your day was or saying hello when you pass them on the street is so important. Yep. Yeah. But don't get a clear mask. I've said that on here before. Don't get a clear mask and smile at people because it's really creepy. I've tried it. Yeah, you know, the ones where you see your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you see your mouth and then you have all the, the condensation. <laughs> they're like ah 
yeah yeah well thank you so much you're such a joy and i cannot wait to see what you do next so i appreciate your time absolutely thank you for having me and i cannot wait until this comes out and for everybody listening find me on the internet mr d times three is my social media handle all over the place and i would love to connect with your listeners yes wait so what is that my fiance wanted to know specifically yeah. too what what is the uh, times three i'm a triplet <laughs> oh I'm not a triplet. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> well, I was uh, like, I know there's another kind of famous Joe Dombrowski out there. So are there three of them? And, and you're there? <laughs> there actually are. There's me. There's another Mr. D from Canada who hosts, he was a teacher and now he hosts Canadian Family Feud. And then there's Joe Dombrowski, who's a famous cyclist. Yes. Now you know. That's the um, for a loop. I had so yeah. many questions. Like I was researching. I was like, oh, wow, he's from, nope, that's not him. Yeah. Nope, not me. Um, uh, I was teaching third grade when I created that tagline so it was like d times three it rhymes it's cute yeah i Nothing dig it really overly special there <laughs> it's true. No, i think it's awesome but i guess really quick before we go would you mind you totally yeah. can say no because you're not cameo but would you mind leaving a little message for my fiance cassie yes <laughs> cassie yes for sure no problem are you ready i'm ready cassie hello my sweet little button i heard that you're doing amazing things in the classy wassy in cassie's classy i just wanted to say thank you so much for being a kind and dedicated teacher um it's people like you who are changing the name and education one student at the time because you are the light at the end of the tunnel and those kids appreciate it even though they might not always say thank you or they do say thank you in very obscure ways but thank you for everything that you do and i'm happy to be at a, a guest on the podcast today can you believe it and uh, i wish you the best i hope you have a great school year thank you my love ah she's gonna die thank you so much and now it's time for your kindness tip of the week how awesome was joe Thank you so much, Mr. D, for coming on the podcast. Everybody go check him out. He teased his Instagram handle, but you can also find him on YouTube and on stage as well. I'm sitting here with Joe's number one fan. As you heard, he gave her a special shout out at the end of the show. I know you all are her number one fan because everybody keeps asking when she's coming on the show. And she's right next to me. She's coming on right now. The one and only love of my life, Cassie Carroll. Hi, are you okay, listeners? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Cassie. <laughs> uh, okay, we're sharing a microphone because the microphone I got her just isn't working for some reason. It's very cute, though. It's very small, and it, and it fits me. Yeah, she's really tiny, too. And also, I'm even looking at our audio tracks right now, and you can see you know, how the audio is panning out in these different shapes. And my shapes are huge, and Cassie's are just really tiny. But I'm still here. Yeah, but she is in fact here. This is not a catfish. Cassie, you are here with today's kindness tip of the week. As an amazing teacher and person, I can't think of anybody else that I would want to deliver this piece of news. So please tell everybody what you got for us. Yes, so your kindness tip of the week, and this is applicable to anyone, whether you're a parent, a student, or just a person, um, <laughs> you should go out and thank a teacher in some way. Now, if you're a parent, this could be easy. You could just send them an email thanking them for what they do. If you are also a parent and have a student who's willing to do so, have them send the email. That means a lot. Or deliver a handwritten note. 
And if you're just a person, you have no children, um, you can reach out to teachers in your life, either teachers you've had in the past or friends who happen to be in the educational world, and just thank them for what they do because this year is really, really hard and we'd appreciate it. There are other ways of doing this to get resources directly into the classroom. There are Amazon wish lists for teachers, especially teachers in low-income schools uh, that you can support by reaching out to them and asking about what they need in the classroom. And that's another way to support teachers who are out there doing the hard work this year. Yes, that was amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. See? I didn't even rehearse. <laughs> she really didn't. This is <laughs> literally on the fly. There are so many ways to help your teachers. I recently realized I was Facebook friends with my math teacher from high school, Mrs. Skirbo. Hello. I don't know if you listen. Probably not. But I noticed we were friends. She commented on something of mine. And I replied by saying, you're one of my favorite teachers. And you always make me feel so happy every day when I walk into the classroom, especially since I didn't love math. And she appreciated the comment so much. So even just using your words to make somebody feel loved and valued is really special, I think. And it's very appreciated on our end. It is very appreciated. And if you live with a teacher, there are a lot of other things you can do as well. Let them nap. Let them nap. You could Let them vent. Let them vent. Give them your ear. You could set the coffee for them if you have a, a coffee timer like we do, so it goes off in the morning. Give them a large glass of wine. Give them a large glass of wine, a blanket, some cheese. What's our favorite cheese we discovered? Oh, Cabra Alvino. <laughs> Shout out to Trader Joe's, yes. Cabra Alvino. I Definitely butchered that, but it's a good cheese. Yeah, let us know <laughs> if we know what we're talking about. Anyway, I think we're, we're getting a little giggly, so we'll probably sign off now. But you guys know what to do. If you are not already following us on Instagram at Art of Kindness Pod, please come join our little kindness community because we're trying to form a nice, loving group of supportive people. Oh, audio hug. <laughs> audio hug. Ah! <laughs> Uh, okay, and it would also really mean a lot if you leave us a five-star review. It really helps in the podcasting world. I don't know if anywhere other than Apple Podcasts lets you do that, but it would be really appreciated. <laughs> As always, thank you all so much for listening, and thank you to Cassie for popping on the show. She will be back. Trust me, you guys. She might even take over this gig because I think she is just the ultimate ray of sunshine and teaches me how to be a kinder person every single day. But I can't do what you do. Well, I don't even know what I do. I just blab into this microphone and then I have to edit it and listen to my own voice, which is a little crazy. Yeah, I'll pass. (laughs) Have a great rest of your week, everybody. And remember, go thank a teacher. We love you. Bye. Bye. Until next time, remember, everything's going to be A-OK. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.